We're going to think uh, a little bit about that Nehemiah passage that we had uh, read to us in a a few moments ago. You'll find it helpful to have it open. I think it's 485, 485. It's always good to check that what I'm saying is actually in the Bible. Over the course of our prayer week, we're going to be uh, obviously doing a a lot of community praying, but also uh, hopefully you will set some time aside in your own homes to be praying uh, for many things, including uh, the ones that I've uh, put on the sheets that you can get from the back of the church. And as we're starting this new year, we felt it would be really great, as Simon's been preaching about our church vision, for us to pray through and around our church vision. The steps are up there, uh, so you should all be able to uh, see them and know what they are. We thought it'd be really uh, good to spend some time praying up the steps, which is what we will do on a morning at 7 o'clock. It'd be lovely to see you. That's 7 a.m. And uh, we'll be praying together up the steps. So it'll be great to have you with us to do that. But at the beginning of this week, I thought it'd be great to be inspired by a great prayer. We've got a wonderful prayer here uh, as we read what Nehemiah had to say. And I love what he has to say. He's a man of God that really inspires me. It might be that uh, actually forever, uh, whilst I've been here, there's always been a building project on the go. So Nehemiah sort of spoke to me really uh, quite clearly about bricks and mortar and how they can be part of the kingdom of God and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's always been there. But Nehemiah's first uh, chapter is all about a prayer. And he inspires me in many ways. He inspires me about how I as a Christian should pray and how situations that I see should move me to prayer. We're going to have a quick look about what inspires him so hopefully we can be inspired to pray as well. The first thing I notice about Nehemiah is his motivation. If you look at verses 1 to 3, We learn about how uh, one of the brothers came from Judah with some other men. And Nehemiah has a chat with them. And uh, this is what they say in verse 3. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burnt with fire. Nehemiah here hears about people that he loves his people, and of a town, a city that he loves. And he learns of great suffering, of poverty, of destruction, and he is deeply moved. He is deeply moved. It's not just a kind of, oh dear, that's a shame. He is deeply moved. I wonder what things deeply move you. The television probably deeply moves you at many points, or the newspaper, or a BMS booklet pops through your door. There are many things in this world that deeply moves us. The picture of a famine somewhere, a natural disaster causing chaos, often they deeply move us. All that's been happening in Ipswich this last month, it has deeply moved us to pray. But there are also other things that are motivational. 
Not just negative things, positive things. I don't know about you, but the video of the baptisms that we saw uh, that came to us on, on Christmas Eve, and we saw all the people who'd been baptised, that deeply moved me. Not in a kind of, oh my goodness, that's really sad way, but in a, wow, isn't God changing lives? Isn't his power great? Isn't he in love with his people? Isn't he longing for people to find freedom? Isn't he longing for people to know him? And to see that on the screen in such a a clear way reminds us not only of God's love, but it also reminds us of the prayers we've been praying for more people to experience God's love, to more people to becoming Christians. Seeing that video was a huge motivation for me. I wonder if it was for you. I remember when the uh, the steel arrived for the annex. Now that was a motivation and a half. It was encouraging because it reminded us uh, of all that had happened, but also it was a motivation for me to get praying for what was next. And you might say, Claire, let's get over the fact that we've just got this annex built. But actually... It motivated me and said, come on, Claire, start praying about what Burlington Baptist Church can do with these wonderful buildings that God will give us. It started motivating me again to pray for more money uh, so that the project could be completely finished to serve our purposes. That was a motivation. Seeing the roof go on this week in all that wind, that motivated me to pray for the safety of the builders. When I'm down at uh, Tiddlywinks, that motivates me. Seeing uh, so many children running around and enjoying being together and thinking about the fact that these guys will all grow up together. They'll come through the Sunday school. They'll enjoy one another. They might even marry each other one day. You never know. That motivates me to pray. When my neighbour asks me questions about my faith, which she does regularly at the moment, that motivates me to pray. What? motivates you to pray. For Nehemiah, he had a conversation with one of his brothers and it motivated him to pray, not just in a, oh well God, thank you, but deeply stirred his heart. As Simon's been unpacking the church vision for us again, that's motivated me to pray. I listen to it on the podcast because I'm out with the kids and uh, every time I have to stop it because it motivates me to pray for something at one point or another. And if you're thinking this week, oh, praying up the steps, that sounds hard work, then listen to one of Simon's sermons again. That will motivate you to pray. God's building his church here. It's hugely exciting, but we need to keep offering it to prayer. The second thing I notice um, about Nehemiah, uh, we see in verse 4, really, And that's his heart. He was motivated to action, but only after he had given his heart and everything that he was to God in prayer. Verse 4. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. It's exactly what our prayer week's about, really. We've seen that God has done exciting things in the last 150 years. We've seen how he can change lives. We've seen how he can build his church, both with buildings and with people. However, New Year, 
new church text, new excitement, new things to pray about. This time last year, we weren't even sure if the annex was a possibility. This year, it started. What will be the new opportunities, the new challenges, the new things that God wants to do this year in our lives and in the life of Burlington Baptist Church? Last year, we'd seen that he changed lives. What does he want to do in our lives this year? Who will be baptised this year? Who's going to become a Christian What are you going to do this year for God? He's placed us all in areas of ministry, at church, at home, at work. Oh God, what do you want me to do this year in those places that I serve in? God stirs our heart and gives us a glimpse of his heart. It's lovely to catch a glimpse of the Father's heart. And before Nehemiah went off and did all the things he later did in his, that's recorded in his book, we learn of his heart, that instead of rushing off to be busy and getting on with what he thought God wanted him to do, he stopped. He prayed before the God of heaven, it says in verse 4. He even fasted. Well, join the deacons on Tuesday to fast. You'll hear the grumbling stomachs all across Ipswich, but you also see the fact we've been on our knees praying. Nehemiah's heart was for action. But before he did that, he knelt before the Father in heaven. He committed himself and the situation once again to him. And he said, God, what are you going to do? And what can I do to be part of that story? The final thing, obviously three points. Commitment. The rest of uh, chapter one really is Um, a, a prayer but we see elements of Nehemiah's commitment throughout it verses uh five we clearly see his commitment to the one true God O Lord God of heaven the great and awesome God right at the beginning of his prayer he's committing himself to the one true God. There's no doubt about it, who he's worshipping, who he's giving his life to, who he's going to serve in the name of, shows his commitment to the one true God. But then he also shows us that he believes God is faithful and answers prayer. The Lord God of heaven, again in verse 5, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive, your eyes be open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you. He is obviously committing himself to a God who he knows will act. A God who he knows is really powerful. A God who he knows answers prayer, not necessarily in the way he would always like, but in the way that is best. He is committing himself to a faithful loving God, and he's saying, I'll obey your commands. Then Nehemiah does something lovely, which uh, again uh, inspires me, motivates me, but also shows his commitment. In verse uh, 7, we have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees and laws you gave to your servant Moses. He's spending some moments committing 
himself, all that he is, even the bad bits, to his Father in heaven. And saying, I'm not perfect, I've got weaknesses. My people have got weaknesses. We've done things that upset you. But I commit myself to you and your forgiveness. And say, tomorrow's a new day, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. Nehemiah speaks of commitment. It's exciting to see a man of prayer just going for it. He's motivated by a situation he sees of a people group he loves. And then his heart is filled with love and he prays and he fasts and he waits on the Lord. And then after that, he commits himself, saying, God, whatever you want, I will do. I am yours. I believe you are hearing my prayers. I believe you will act. I'm committing myself to you. And then verse 11. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayers of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him in the favour, in the presence of this man. This week, I really encourage you to be inspired by Nehemiah and to use your time of prayer a little bit like Nehemiah has done. Spend some time committing yourself to the one true God. Commit yourself, your family, your work, your ministries, this church to God in prayer. Call on him to do amazing things through you and through this church this year. Commit to him your concerns. Commit to him your desires. Commit to him your worries and your dreams. God listens. God loves. God loves and he acts to those who are motivated by him, whose heart is for him and who are ready to commit all to him. I love Nehemiah, and I'm hoping that this week we'll see lots of Nehemiahs praying, who have been motivated, who have the right heart, and who are committed. In a few moments, we're going to turn to pray, Uh, praying together just for this church initially and then for each other. But before we do, we're going to sing a song, and the chorus is, I am not ashamed, for I know who I believed. For God himself has come to me. Now Jesus is my destiny. I know I'm changed. And all you've given me, this hope, this love, this life, I can't deny your power within me. So here I am. Send me. It echoes many of Nehemiah's words. So why don't we use it as a prayer, as a time of commitment to that one true God, saying, God, at the beginning of this prayer week, once again, I'm committing to you. Here I am. Send me.